Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Every three seconds, there's a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name or even selling your personal info on the dark web. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. Should be called Stacking the Ice Box today because the <laughs> heat is not working at the fan side at offices. Thank God it is May and not November. That being said, I am Matt Verderam. He is Josh Hill. And heat or not, we have plenty to get to. Oh, yeah. The NFL season, it stopped playing the games. But then again, there are still other games going on, mm-hmm. even if there's no final score. So one of the things that's been really intriguing this offseason has been We've seen some teams get better. We've seen mm-hmm. some teams go back to the packs. We always do. But the Dallas Cowboys, of yeah. course, one of the marquee teams in the league. And there's a lot going on with them. And I, I yeah. think, you know, look, under Jerry Jones's ownership, that's not exactly a stunning comment that there's stuff going on. But this mm-hmm. offseason, it seems even busier than most. Uh, they, they've allowed <laughs> Des Bryant to walk. They've they cut him. Jason Witten retires. We're going to get to all this a little more in depth. Yeah. But And then, of course, Terrell Owens says what he has to say about Jason Garrett. But let's just mm-hmm. start. The Cowboys, do you believe they're in trouble in 2018? I do, because uh, they were in trouble in 2017. So they didn't make the playoffs. They, took, they regressed. Every, it's the thing that uh, we talked about last week, about the Eagles. Everybody's picking the Eagles to go back. Granted, things are lined up a lot better for Philadelphia than it was for Dallas after the mm-hmm. 2016 season. But they regressed. They, you know, everything we thought about Dak, defense has caught up to him. Take Zeke out of the equation. That offense doesn't function the same way. So I think that they are in serious trouble. You take a look at the things that happened with Des Bryant. You got Jason Garrett. There's already been questions about him endlessly about whether or not he can do his job. So to me, I have very little confidence that it's going to go well for Dallas in 2018. But then again, nobody picked Philadelphia to go to the Super Bowl. And Nick Foles is the MVP of that game. So anything can happen. I mean, I look at it like... The Cowboys have a couple things working against them. One is that conference is loaded. Yeah. If they're in the AFC, I'm not nearly as worried about mm-hmm. them. Okay. That division to me, of course, you have the Super Bowl champs in it. Washington should at least be respectable. Mm-hmm. The Giants, I don't think anybody thinks they're going to be as bad as they were last year. They have no. a new head coach in Pat Sherman. They bring yep. in Barkley. They upgrade on the offensive line. The Giants at least should be markedly better. Yeah. The other thing working against them is I have no faith in the owner slash GM and then plus the head coach combo. Like that is Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. There's no reason for me to look at them and go, yeah, they know what they're doing. That's worked out well. (laughs) Like they, they give me a lot of reason for concern far more than they do for confidence. And then with Garrett, look, he's been there now for the entire decade and they've won two playoff games. Yep. That all being said, I bring it back to Des Bryant, and we can kind of dive in here. They cut Des, mm-hmm. and okay, fine. Look, he's making more money than he's worth. Nobody's arguing that, and he hasn't been picked up by anybody since. Yep. Ravens offered him a multi-year deal. He declined it, whatever. He sits on the market. That being said, every Cowboys fan says, well, they, they should have cut him. This proves they're mm-hmm. right. Okay, maybe, but 
he's still the be- he's still the best weapon on your team. Yeah. There's no arguing that. Like he is the guy that offenses are going to key on in the passing game, and now he's gone, and you're left with Terrence Williams. Well, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. Cole Beasley. Uh-huh. Okay. Ryan Switzer got traded. Yep. You didn't draft the guy high up. They could have taken any receiver on the board. Mm-hmm. No, and, and they don't take DJ Moore. They don't take Calvin Ridley. We'll see. They could be proven right or wrong there. But the Cowboys not giving Dak a lot of help by cutting Dez. No, it's it's, it's confusing. I don't know what they're doing and. That all stems back to what you said, Jerry Jones. How good of a talent evaluator is he? How good of a decision maker on a football side of things is he? This has long been his problem, you know, all the way back to the Jimmy Johnson days where he wanted credit for all that success of those dynasties. And Jimmy Johnson was pulling a lot of the strings, but Jerry Jones is like, I'm the guy who signs the checks. So who is more important there? And I think that's always been his weird, like, God complex that he has. The answer is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. He was more important. Yeah, and and with the uh, Jason Garrett thing, it might just be time for a refresh. Yeah. Like, w- how long are we going to sit with the same regime? How long are we going to sit and now carry new players in? Because we're in a new era. The Romo era, the Des Bryant era, that's done. The Jason Witten era. Over. Over. Jason Garrett's the only holdover from that. You could go out. You're the Dallas Cowboys. You're America's team. You're Jerry Jones. You know, Every, you can say, we're saying here he doesn't know what he's doing, but people are going to want to go and play, Still, huge play for name. him, coach yeah. for him. You want to have that on your resume. You want to have that as part of your legacy. Especially now, you can be the guy who drags them out of the depths. We're talking about Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Is he? Jamie's log, progressive. The Harrington's backyard, day four, two eighteen a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has twenty four seven protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this since Progressive protects twenty four seven is a pretty easy concept to grasp. But I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The guy, the quarterback, is finally going to get the Browns going. That's going to be his legacy. You can be the Cowboys coach who comes in and drags this team back into prominence and makes them good again. That's very enticing. But the problem all starts with Jerry Jones, and it's going to be impossible to run that team the way that you want to with the Jones family, because it's going to be Stephen Jones after him, you know, whatever yeah. happens with Jerry Jones. So it's, it, I feel bad for Cowboys fans in that I don't feel like they deserve this from Jerry Jones. It's been a while since they've won anything, yeah. you know, so, you know, everybody likes to hate on the well, Yankees and say, oh, you know, Yankees back in the World Series, you know, you, you guys really need it. But, you know, when was the last time the Cowboys have been actually yeah. really good? Well, and that's a good point. Like the Cowboys have not been to an NFC championship game since 1995. Yeah. Okay, and they've only won two playoff games since mm-hmm. then. I mean, this is a team, you think about them because they are America's team, such a huge fan base. You think about them as always being this incredibly successful team. Yep. They have not been. And so, and, and they have, in a lot of those years, not even been decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, look, I look at it and say, you're right. Like, if you're a coach, you got to look at Dak and, and Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line and say, look, that's a pretty enticing situation. Yep. The problem is... They are very top-heavy in their roster. They have some great players. Tyron mm-hmm. Smith is a Hall of Fame-level left tackle, right? Yep. Like Travis Frederick, arguably the best center in the Fantastic. game. Zach Martin, great guard. But, you know, now, this was a team that a couple of years ago, Des Bryant's still a top player. Mm-hmm. Jason Whitley's still a good player, even though, you know, in a Hall of Fame career, but at that point getting older. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, rookie of the year type, so I mean, leading the league as mm-hmm. a rookie. Now you look at that team, and when they go three wide, which is basically the standard way you play now in the NFL, you're talking Alan Hearns, Cole yep. Beasley, and Terrence Williams. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. You're a defensive coordinator. You don't care. None of those guys scare you. No. 
There is not one guy on that depth chart who you say, that guy worries me. And Dak did not throw the ball well downfield mm-hmm. last year if you look at some of the metrics. I like Prescott, but my question is, like, well, what is he? Yeah. You know, is he, is he going to be an elite quarterback? Is he going to be a Derek Carr-type quarterback where he's good, but maybe he's not great? Mm-hmm. Because for all the accolades and all the talk of success, like, he's never thrown for 4,000 yards. Now, only two seasons in. Yeah. But his supporting cast is not getting better. Mm-mm. It's getting worse. And that, to me, is a major cause. Like, can he be the driving force, or does he need to have guys around him mm-hmm. for that team to be good? Are you saying you're not filled with confidence that Tavon Austin is going to come in? They're and- making that man a running back. <laughs> that's the thing. Which, too. by the way, I think he probably is, but he's terrible. Well, and th- th- that's as does the confusion. It's like, yeah. what kind of offense are they trying to put together? Because it sounds like, and it looks like, they're trying to put together something where they can come up with creative packages and really yeah. lean into Dak's ability to scramble around to make plays on the fly. Of which we don't have a very good sample size. I mean, that first year took him forever to throw an interception. Last year, couldn't stop throwing them. And now, you're throwing in a guy like Tavon Austin, Cole Beasley. They're not tall receivers. I mean, Tavon Austin, assuming he's going to be a a flex guy. He's going to be like Ty Montgomery, okay? He's not just going to play one position. But you got two shorter guys. And then you got... You know, I, I just don't know what that offense is going to be. And again, Jason Garrett, is he the guy that you're going to say, yeah, we're going to drop some creative plays that defensive coordinators aren't going to see coming? No, he n- never in his tenure with the Cowboys have you ever looked at a Jason Garrett play and went, wow, that's innovative. Not, not creative. No. It, look, and, and T.O. was talking on uh, the fan in Dallas last mm-hmm. week, and he made some comments that he basically said, or actually I'm quoting him, he said that Jason Garrett's job is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. It's his term. Uh, now, I will say this. Terrell Owens, uh, the man runs his mouth like, like a leaky faucet. And on top of that, he was only there until 2008. Garrett wasn't the head coach until 2010. Yeah. So he was only the coordinator when, when mm-hmm. T.O. was there. That being said, Owens is a Hall of Fame level player. Mm-hmm. And I actually tend to agree with him. Like, I can't believe in his day and age where guys get fired all the time, yeah. Garrett has done nothing with that team. Like, big deal. You've gone to the play. You know, you've had two times where you've gone to the playoffs, won two playoff games. Who mm-hmm. cares? That's nothing. I, I, and on top of that, a lot of times you watch Cowboys game, and you, you do not walk away saying, you know, he really coached well. They just didn't mm-hmm. have the talent. You walk away from it being like, he's a pretty mediocre head coach. Yeah. He's basically North Turner, you know, <laughs> just, just without the, the vacant yeah. stare, yeah. right? Like, I, I don't understand why Jones holds him in such high regard. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this team – He's going to have to do a good coaching job this year. They're not yeah. making the playoffs. They're not even sniffing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because, frankly, if you took this roster and you made them the Detroit Lions, nobody would even think about them as a playoff team. It's just because they're the Dallas Cowboys that people look at them mm-hmm. and say, well, you know, they're Dallas. They might win 9-10 games. If Ezekiel Elliott isn't great, mm-hmm. they're screwed. Because there's nobody on that defense who you say, wow, they're really good in the secondary. In fact, it's probably a weak point. The linebackers could be good if Jalen Smith is healthy and he's, and he's there. And the front seven, actually, to be fair, could be good. But the secondary yeah. is nothing. And I just look at the Cowboys and say, this is a team that's not accustomed to spinning its wheels. I mean, mm-hmm. Jones usually, for better or worse, is doing something notable. They're not doing anything notable nope. except for sitting there. And so I think you're going to see a lot of stacking the box against the Cowboys. A lot of eight-man fronts. They're going to say, hey, you need to beat me one-on-one with Alan Hearns and Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley. And if you can't do that, eight in the box all day long. And you're going to have to beat that with your offensive line. Hey, good luck. We're going to have to see what Dak's made of. Yeah, look, Jason Garrett, we were saying it last year during the season that this last year could be his last year, especially the way that things went. 
And I, Jerry Jones you know, just got this weird loyalty thing, you know, going back to you and talk about the 90s dynasty. Like, that's yeah. why Jason Garrett's around, because he goes way back. He's a crappy backup quarterback. Yeah, well, and we see this, you know, this isn't exclusive to Jerry Jones. This is across, you know, and yeah, every kind of, like, successful businessman who's, like, in this successful position, like, you know, the president. Like, he's grabbing people that he knows and putting into prominent jobs. Same thing with... with we sure that's worked out. Yeah, and same, same thing with Jerry Jones sees a guy that was loyal to him, sees a guy that's paid his dues, that has been there, yeah. who's going to take a bullet for him. Like, everybody's Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett. Nobody's like, you know, maybe Jerry Jones should hire a GM. Maybe Jerry Jones should step back and take a breather for a moment. It's always deflected, right? So, you know what? They need to get rid of Jason Garrett. They need to fix the things on the coaching staff. And that's why he sticks around. So, and, and until that change, I think it might change at the end of the season if they put in another bad year. Yeah. But... I don't think it's going to be a fun 2018 for Cowboys fans unless something drastically changes with Dak. And, and to me, that's the, you hit the nail on the head. Like, people talk about getting rid of Garrett because mm-hmm. they know Jones isn't going anywhere. Yeah, he's, and, you know, I remember years and years ago, probably some 20 years ago, he had a presser, and somebody asked him, you know, how do you feel if people say you're mm-hmm. meddling? And he had the famous, like, I'm not meddling. How would you feel if somebody said you were meddling? Look, Jerry, like <laughs> – Jimmy, whether Jerry wants to admit this or not, Jimmy Johnson built that team oh, absolutely. in the early 90s that won a championship. Yeah. Okay? They both showed up in 1989. There were already some good players in the team, but the team was still terrible. They won 1-15 in 89. Jimmy Johnson is the reason. Like, that that draft chart, that, that value yep. chart everybody talks about, that was Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Okay? And the reason that team got good was they took their only Pro Bowl player at the time, Herschel Walker. They traded him to the Vikings, who stupidly <laughs> gave up like eight draft picks that turned into a million guys, mm-hmm. including Emmett Smith and a whole bunch of other talented. I believe, I believe Darren Wilson was one of them. I and think so. Russell Matt. I mean, they, they had a ton of talent come out of that trade. And so they won a couple of years. If you listen to any Cowboys player from that era, they will all say that once, Jer- once Jimmy left – that team went downhill, even though they won in 95 with the Barry Switzer, Barry Switzer with, yeah. with Jimmy Johnson's team. Then after that, you're talking about Dave Campo and Chan <laughs> oh, Gailey, okay? And then they had Parcells briefly, and then Wade Phillips. And mm-hmm. Look, Jerry Jones, it, it was proven over the years that Jerry Jones is not the reason that team had a bunch of success. Yeah. The only thing that Jerry Jones did right was hire Jimmy Johnson, who yep. he played with in the University of Arkansas's mm-hmm. national championship, I believe, in 1960, 61. Uh, they played together, and so that's how they knew each other. There you go. Another, like, but, another example of him going exactly. back to the well with a guy and, that he knows. So. And, look, and it worked out. But, like, that is, that is the only reason, yep. okay, that, that they have a couple of rings, or three rings, actually, under, under Jerry Jones. Because recently – nothing's gone right. Mm-hmm. And you look at that division, the Eagles are not only a Super Bowl champ, mm-hmm. they're loaded. Really they got good. Carson Wentz, who should be good for 15 years, assuming that knee's mm-hmm. okay. They've got all this talent defensively. The Giants, I at least think, will be better again. The only, the only thing going for the Cowboys in that division is the Giants and the Redskins have quarterbacks who are aging and who, who are probably not you know, elite-level quarterbacks at this mm-hmm. point, both of which are solid, but not guys you'd say, wow, they're great. But, man, I, you look at the rest of that conference, Rams, good young quarterback. Yep. Niners, good young quarterback. Seattle, I mean, Wilson's going to be 30, be still you know, prime of his career. The Cowboys have to build up that roster, and they are trending in a direction that if I'm a fan of, of Dallas, it scares me. Yeah. Because it's it's Zeke and it's Dak and it's not a whole lot else at the skill positions. Yeah, it's not it's not good at all. Um, moving on to the next topic yeah. here. 
staying in Texas. Mm-hmm. J.J. Watt. Uh, you know, they had that school shooting last Down Friday. Houston, 10 Santa people Fe. were killed. Yeah. And J.J. Watt has once... How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Again, established himself as a pillar of the community. You know, the whole uh, Hurricane Harvey thing, Houston, raised tens of millions of dollars in a grassroots campaign, which was amazing. And he's at it again. Uh, paying for the funerals of these ten yep. kids. So, JJ Watt, thoughts on on him here because the man deserves a lot of credit. You know, we always talk about you know, everything's always football focused and people. Yep. The the big thing whenever things get politicized or whatever is stick to football, stick to sports. And here JJ Watt is going well, out and being. He, this is the human side of the game. This yeah. is a side that people you know don't think about very often. And you know, well, it's, the situation's unfortunate, but JJ Watt showing that human side of the game. Right. First of all, I mean, the stick to sports crowd, you have to be a moron yeah. to sit there and yell at it. I don't care. Look, you know There's what? a lot of them. Like, though, oh, so. there are. There, well, there are a lot of morons. Um, you, I mean, you really have to just be dense as all get out to sit there and yell at athletes or even even minions like mm-hmm. us. Stick to sports. Well, you know, okay. If, if you work as, you know, if you're a garbage collector, you stick to garbage. Mm-hmm. Like the only time you ever have an opinion. Look, J.J. Watt has done an incredible job. Okay, $37 million raised for Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. That is unfathomable. I remember when he started that campaign, I believe the goal was $2 million. Yep. And, the, and, and ends up raising $37 million. And really mm-hmm. what is one of the most successful fundraisers in recent American history. I mean, yep. that is unbelievable. You think about how much good $37 million can do. A lot. And now you get the tragedy down in Houston. Uh, at Santa Fe High School, and and ten people pass away tragically, and uh, assumingly Watt doesn't know any of these people, and yet steps up and is going to pay the funeral costs for all mm-hmm. these people, all these kids. Look, that is not going to bring any of these kids back. That is not going to take away the pain of any of these parents or any of the friends or you know boyfriends or girlfriends of the, of the victims. But that's an incredible gesture, and it shows the the power that. These people, you know, like a J.J. Watt, the, the power that he has from his platform, mm-hmm. both financially and just as an, as an icon, as somebody who is known in, in the public sector, look, I, uh, or sector. I, I, think it's, I think it's incredible. He was the NFL Man of the Year last year. I, really, like, he should almost be the Man of the Year every year. And, I, and I'll say up front, look, when he first started, a lot of times, you know, he's very active on social media and stuff. Yeah. And my, I, you know, he kind of originally rubbed me the wrong way. So I was like, man, he's always just, he's always out in front letting you know, you yeah. know what he's doing and but you know what to do what he's done the guy is incredible mm-hmm. like he really is and you know i'm not i'm not a houston texans fan or anything like that but i will be rooting for them because i'll be rooting for him uh he's a great player seems to be even better uh, as a person and i just i just wish the people in power uh sometimes in our own government would would care as much as he apparently does yeah, J.J. Watt, you know, talk about the charity of football, the yep. charity of sports. And, it's, you know, it's something that often gets lumped in with, you know, of course they have to do that kind of stuff. Because it's like, you're not, you know, you, you've been to stadiums, baseball stadiums, football stadiums, and everybody's got their own foundation. It's sure. listed somewhere on the stadium, you know. But, like, you know, you, you actually sit down and think about, like, J.J. Watt taking time out of his day, taking money out of his own pocket to do stuff like this. You have to look at it that way. You can't just be like, oh, it's another rich guy doing charity. You have to think about all of the things that go into this. 
And more importantly, how much he cares. Like, I agree with you, J.J. Watt and Russell Wilson is also another guy like this that really comes off to me yeah. in a way that they're very much trying very hard to be like that guy, or to, you know, to be the hard-o guy. But this, you know, no, nothing that J.J. Watt has done has seemed inauthentic to me. And that's the For most sure. important part is it's all coming from the heart. And, you know, everything that happens in football, all the conversations that we have, sometimes it just boils down to the human element. And this is an example of that. And I think that we have to kind of take a step back and really hold these moments and say, this is special. Houston's had an incredible run of, uh, I don't know if you want to call it misfortune or tragedy, really. I mean, September of last year, you have Hurricane Harvey. Mm -hmm. Now you have this this you know, tragedy at the school, it's a shooting. Um, and, you know, you think about it, and, I, and I'm not trying to stray away from sports because that is what this podcast is about. But, it you know, it all ties in, like, when you think about relief efforts, when you think about the school shooting and, and who's done the most to at least try and, and help in their own mm -hmm. way, it's him. J.J. Watt. Like, it's J.J. Watt. It's, it's not a politician. It's not a president. It's J.J. Watt who has been on the ground floor doing yeah. all this stuff. And he hasn't had to, unlike, frankly, some other people in, in, in the world who should be mm -hmm. doing stuff about it, right? Like, J.J. Watt, nobody would criticize him if he mm -hmm. didn't do anything. He doesn't have to pay for these funerals. He doesn't have to start a fundraiser. Mm -mm. But he's doing it. And I think it sets an incredible precedent for other players, not only in the NFL, but around yep. the globe, to say, look, you are in a position where you're incredibly fortunate. And, and you've worked your butt off for that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think sometimes people look at these guys and say, oh, they're such pampered athletes. Look, you don't understand, and, and we don't understand, like, yeah. the amount mm -hmm. of work that goes into being uh, at any level on, on, in the NFL, whether you're on the practice squad or you're J.J. Watt, like, you know how much you have to sacrifice your whole life to get to that point? Yeah. But these guys get an incredible financial reward for it, okay? And rightfully so. They generate a lot of income. It's a great example that Watt is setting for his teammates, for the league, for players in the NBA, the NHL, baseball, soccer, you name it. Like, I hope that people pick up the torch that he has lit mm -hmm. and take it further because, really, he is the hero of Houston. And he really is. And I, I really, I just, I'm very, very uh, proud that he's in the league that we cover. It's true. Yes. Uh, last topic of the day. We're staying, we're staying on the political side of things. This is well, good. I like you know, this. It's May. I yeah. like it. <laughs> we, we need more to talk off. about. Uh, Eric Reed. Yes. Still hasn't signed. Yep. Uh, big reason that he hasn't signed, it seems, is his unwillingness to say that he's not going to kneel during the national anthem. Whether or not that's the reason he's unsigned. We're going to find out because he filed a grievance against the NFL, not unlike Colin Kaepernick did to say, I'm being blackballed here. Uh, do you think that he's hurting his cause or do you think that he has actually something here? Because you take a look at on the one side, it always seems that there's two sides to this argument. And I don't want to say that it's not true, but the safety market this year has not been great. Okay. Kenny Vaccaro isn't signed yet and he hasn't had anything to do with these protests. Right. That being said, with the Colin Kaepernick stuff going on, with this pushback against, you know, players protesting, it's not hard to connect the dots here. So what do you what do you make of this Eric Reed thing? Okay, I think, you know, this is this is where like takes in twenty eighteen go off the rails, <laughs> right? Because yeah. people have to realize there's nuance to things. Yep. Eric Reed is a very good player. Mm -hmm. He's twenty six years old, he's a former pro bowler. Mm -hmm. Like there's no question. Like with Kaepernick, there was always the argument, was he a starter? Is he actually good enough? Uh -huh. Eric Reed is a legitimate frontline NFL safety. Yep. Okay. And he's got a lot of versatility. He even played a linebacker one game mm -hmm. for the Niners last year and played well when they had injuries. Premium position, too. Very good player. 
I will say, we've talked about this a lot. I don't care if players want to kneel for the anthem, if they've got to cause it, they're trying to get out there. Now, I understand the other side of it. If you think it's disrespectful, you want to go to the, fine. Not mm-hmm. argue, I'm not here to argue that. I do think him filing a grievance is cutting off his nose despite his face. Kaepernick, I think, had a reason to, to file because it was very obvious what was going on. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are at this point. If you don't think that, that the league, if you want to call it blackball, colluded to keep him, I mm-hmm. didn't, I'm sorry, in my opinion, your head's in the sand. With Reed, Trey Boston's not signed. Mm-hmm. Kenny Vaccaro, yeah. as you mentioned, not signed. Like, I think he went too soon with the grievance. Mm-hmm. Should have waited it out. Now, if he's not signed by September, fine. You want to go that route. But with that grievance being filed, he's going to have a very hard yep. time. A team is going to say, well, he filed the grievance against our league. Like, I'm not going to sign him right yeah. now. So I think he's really hurt himself. Now, does that mean that there's not something going on behind the scenes? No. We've seen it with Kaepernick. Yep. But the safety market, as you mentioned, very slow. I, I don't know that he made the right decision. I think he got bad advice going with the lawsuit this soon. Do you think that we could get to September and he's not signed because of this grievance? Because you just said it. You know, a team's going to look at him. You know, Buccaneers. I was thinking, like, maybe the Buccaneers should have signed him. because oh, he's a Chiefs fan. My God, it's Eric Berry and me back there right now. Playing exactly. Safety. And, you know, Eric Berry and uh, Eric Reed. that's a pretty good safety tandem. Beautiful but time. because he's filed this grievance now... Do you think we will get to September? And, you know, he's kind of done the process backwards where there's a chance maybe teams wouldn't have signed him by September because of this. But now I feel like he's given them an excuse to say, well, we don't have to sign him because he has a grievance, which is, you know, counterintuitive to the cause here. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get signed as long as that grievance is active. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a tough spot. Look, the Bengals had a visit with him. Mm-hmm. Didn't sign him, obviously. Um, and, and his brother just got drafted Houston. by Houston, yeah. which of all teams, because Bob McNair has been the, probably the most outspoken owner <laughs> yeah. in the league yeah. about that kind of stuff. Not to say Justin Reed's going to kneel, but yeah. you know, I was just kind of surprised. Um, I think Eric Reed will play football again. Mm-hmm. I do. Now, as long as his grievance is active, mm-hmm. I can't say I blame teams for saying, you know what, I, I don't know if we want to go that route. Maybe yep. they'd rather go Vicaro or Boston. Which, by the way, the Colts visited with both those guys the same day and didn't sign either one of them. Yep. Really? Like, they don't have a need, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I think Eric Reed gets signed. A, look, he's not the lightning rod Kaepernick is. Kaepernick no. was the first guy through the wall, and the first guy through the wall always gets bloodied, and he plays quarterback. Mm-hmm. He is always going to be a much more, uh, you know, big-name guy yeah. than, than Reed's going to be playing safety. People are not going to be picketing outside the stadium because Eric Reed's playing mm-hmm. safety. That said, I, I, I think as long as that grievance is active, I think he's going to have a hard time. Mm-hmm. I think teams are going to go away from him because they're going to say, oh, we just don't want to deal with that part of the headache. Forget the anthem kneeling, but just the, the you know, legal side of the whole deal. Yeah, so just to kind of wrap this one up here, uh, so Mike Florio today had a thing on Pro Football Talk about yes. how the NFL, at this point, kind of like what you said, at this point, we're going to basically officially know that NFL teams, multiple NFL teams, saw Colin Kaepernick as a starting quarterback mm-hmm. and signed players that were of subpar quality when compared to him because of the, the anthem kneeling thing. So that's, I mean, that's not new information. It's just basically a confirmation of suspicions. But do you find, do you feel like that's going to in any way affect the Eric Reed thing? Because if we do have this landmark thing where, because it would be a landmark bombshell thing, even though we're kind of expecting it to happen, that the NFL colluded against a player. Do you feel that then now that would affect the Eric Reed case, 
his grievance because then he can point to that and say it happened to him or are they, are they completely divorced situations here? No, I think, I think look, if there's you know, collusion going on with Kaepernick, I do think it helps Reed mm-hmm. uh, just because I think it makes the legal. I, I think Goodell might make a few phone calls and make a Somebody sign the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you don't think the NFL would do that, I think you're naive. Uh, of course they would. Yeah. That being said, I don't think that it's like a slam dunk, but I think it would help him. Mm-hmm. But you know what? And by the way, and, and this is not like Mike Florio does a terrific job, pro football talk, and, and you know, fine and fair enough with, with, with that report. But like, I, I feel like that's just common sense. Like, of course teams looked at him. Like, you're going to tell me the teams like the Jets last year were like, <laughs> we're better off without Colin Kaepernick on the field. Like, come on. No. I mean, there were, I mean the, the Texans, for the love of God, they started Tom Savage. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, Deshaun Watson came on, but they went through the whole summer yep. saying, hey, Tom Savage is our guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Broncos couldn't use Kaepernick last year. I mean, there's I could come up with 10 examples of teams. Okay, I, I would make the argument that if, if Colin Kaepernick was on Jacksonville last year, they'd be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay? That's not bad, yeah. Like, and for people who say, no, that's that, you know, it's fake news. Like, He's no, got to learn the playbook. Come he on. doesn't know the system. You're going to tell me Colin Kaepernick's not better than Blake Bortles? Your life's on the line. You're taking Bortles in that game? <laughs> and I'm not even – look, this is coming from somebody who does not have a, a, a big belief in Kaepernick. Like, I think Kaepernick is a, is a bottom-rung starting quarterback. I always have. I think once the league figured out, hey, if we keep him in the pocket, mm-hmm. he's not that effective. But, like – I'm not even arguing that. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback, but he's not better than Blake Bortles. He's not better than the, the, the train wreck the Cardinals are trotting out of there mm-hmm. the last half of the year. So, look, I, look, it's it's obvious that the NFL, and this has always been the case, they don't want to deal with distractions. Mm-hmm. They don't. There's a ton of media pressure. There's a ton of fan pressure. They don't want to deal with that. But you know what always kills me? If the, if teams sign these guys, let's say for our read, like mm-hmm. – how many people are going to be up in arms about Eric Reed? A hundred? Who cares? Then they're going to put their sign away and they're going to go to the game. And mm-hmm. if he picks somebody off, if, if you know, if the Ravens signed him and he picks off Roethlisberger, yep. if people are going to be booing him in Baltimore. Come on now. Like I, I think people make way too much of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Look at the NBA, right? Like the NBA. Look, look at like the Delonte West situation from years ago, right? That guy was getting job after job yeah. after job, despite the you know the rumors with like LeBron and his family. I mean, come on, like if you're a good player, you're a good player. Mm-hmm. You can help the team. That's all that counts, as long as you're not a criminal or something off the field. You know, as long as you're not a, you know a detriment to society. But even then, and even then, people so. still sign these guys. But, it's easier to sign him than you know. So for sure, right? And it's like, I, but like, I guess what I was trying to say, maybe lazily or not, not the right way, was like, I understand if you don't want to sign a guy who's got a criminal history. Mm. But these other guys, if it's just a distraction thing, it's who cares? Yeah. it'll it'll subside if the, if the talent is there. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I'm a Chiefs fan. Now, they have Mahomes now. But if this was back in the days when Brody Croyle was starting, okay, <laughs> I don't care. No question. I don't care what somebody's doing on the mm-hmm. sideline during the anthem. Get somebody out there who can throw the football. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Maybe some people don't feel that way, and I respect that. But for me personally, if, if you're not a, you know, a real issue off. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. The field in the legal system, look, you know, these guys aren't... I'm not looking at these guys to raise my kids. Mm-mm. I'm looking at them to be good football players. And Kaepernick is better than some of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Well, I agree. So <laughs> does that just see how play? you say bottom rung starting quarterback? That's true. Still, starting quarterback is in there. Yeah, so. I mean, ranking them from anywhere from you know twenty to thirty, like, but that's better than thirty to forty, and it's certainly better than some of the some of the nonsense that's going to be starting out there this mm-hmm. year. That's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's just my it's my two cents. But yeah. in any event, uh, thanks for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on iTunes, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And of course, you haven't subscribed already. Go ahead and do that. We'd like to thank Fanatics, yep. who is a great partner with us. And, of course, you can go to fansided.fanatics.com and save 20% uh, on shipping. And so uh, check them out for anything you need, from jerseys to hats to any, anything. They have all the apparel you could ever ask for. Um, so, so make sure to do that. And uh, we will be back. Uh, you know, actually, we'll be back next week, but I will be out on my Memorial Day. Memorial Day. So we will be back next week, but not on Monday. Uh, we'll be back probably on Wednesday. So for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderam. Thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the rest of your week and a holiday weekend. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.